episode 600 hey there shop maniacs oh. i'm dave Rubin. with me is chris coyer hey chris hey <laughs> i woke up did 600 sit-ups took 600, 600 shots <laughs> 600 shots uh <laughs> can you believe you've been staring at my dumb face for 600 <laughs> weeks in a row <laughs> sure can't <laughs> oh man that's a doesn't lot it doesn't feel any different though does it, it feels just but 12 flipping years, you know, the math, if you just, just, you know, just round off, you know, a year to 50 weeks, you know, mm-hmm. 50, 50. That's about it. Well, yeah, with, with the Christmas in there and we've missed like one show, I think, in the whole entire friggin' time, you know, so. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and we also don't like record super far ahead. You know, uh, we like maybe the most is three weeks or something we've ever done most like, ever and that's about a while yeah. yeah we are we're just a couple of days before you're listening to this which i kind of prefer because we do news ish sometimes this show will not be the news i think it might slip out here and there just because it's fun to connect things to current events sometimes but um yeah dave's dave had a great idea here 12 we're 12 flipping years into this 20 20 20 36 6 6 yeah, now we're going to imagine what life is like in that year, which I, which I, it just blows my mind a little bit. We will, you know, there's some chance we're doing this show. I don't know. There's, you know, there's every chance we're still working like suckers. <laughs> Not me. My plan. No, you're out. Oh, I'm my plan. Yeah, just I don't know. Uh, sell a kidney, buy a Ferrari. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. it. That's just that's my plan, man. That's the plan. <laughs> pretty good pretty good uh so we're gonna that's dave's plan that's his prediction is that he's not even quite sure if there is a web nope no internet <laughs> there could or couldn't but dave won't know just just uh kidney shops on every corner <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah but uh, what for the for the rest of us who might be you know using our keyboards still where or will there even be keyboards Ooh, the year 2030. So we're doubling it. We've been on the air of 12 years. Let's double it. What's the web like in 12 years from now? That year is 2036. We asked. We asked on Mastodon. We asked um, in Discord. We asked on this show. Lots of you wrote in, replied, did stuff, wrote blog posts. We're actually going to open with a blog post from Sam Beal, who has a nice uh, Berkshire mode kind of website. Just a little, little Times mm-hmm. New Roman looking good, Sam. I like it. Probably Fast. the fastest loading website yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, um, or he wrote up uh, 12 predictions. We're in, in a lot of cases, we did get lots of multiple predictions from people. We'll probably not go through everybody's entire list for the sake of time, but pluck, you know, pluck and choose some really good ones from people. And I really appreciate when people do blog posts. I love blogs. They're the best. Love blogs. Not getting, never getting tired of people blogging. So. Yeah, the word of always is cheesy, but it's like you wrote some stuff down and you put it out a URL. Whatever you want to call that is fine with me. Uh, his number one prediction I love, the rollback of cookie banners. Cookie banners were a mistake. We all know it. Let's do the right thing next time. Oh, I so hope you're right, Sam. I, I need this to happen. I, it's so bad. It's atrocious. It, Truly, it doesn't do any what it was supposed to do. What do you think about civil dis- disobedience here? Bad, bad plan? You know, can it can they be rolled back through the power of the people, or is it too risky? I mean, maybe. Uh, like, I mean, I I think all it takes is a browser that ships a cookie banner killer. You know, by default. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which I think 
arc does. Arc? With yeah. U Block Origin has that actually, but um, which they ship mm-hmm. with. I know uh, Ghostry has something in too to to attempt to fight them. But I mean, it's just kind of like we we it is it is. Uh, what is the Cory Doctorow word? Inshitified the web, and so yeah. we need to roll that back. I I hope that happens. I it would take like all of Europe getting its crap together, and that seems less uh, <laughs> less likely. But uh, you know, to to like roll back like GDPR. You know, here's a wild card: the return of undo. Do you remember the old Control or Command Z keyboard shortcut from desktop apps? You'll be able to enjoy it in most of the apps you use too, even outside of text fields. Uh, they do work in text fields if you you know type some stuff and hit Command Z. There's some kind of metric for how much of that it's gonna kind of kind of roll back. So it works a little bit on the web, but if you perform actions, drag things around click things open things close things whatever there's every chance it doesn't work on the web Mm -hmm. and it could if developers decided to code that in you know that that could work i famously remember um redux the you know the the state library that uh that shipped with react because of its kind of immutability of 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 dispatching actions that that it became easier in that kind of context so kind of interesting you could like scrub back right and um the whole state yeah you could yeah it was just kind of a side effect they built it into the dev tools for it and it was neat to to see i didn't use it all the time but if you were building that actual feature you could i also think of my my app git tower which um it was not that long ago they shipped it for that app which is a desktop app not a web app but it meant that whatever you did in Git, you could you could roll back. Like if you committed some files you didn't mean to, you could command Z and it would uncommit them. So rather than like learning the Git command to uncommit them, they built in like the reversal of stuff um, with with the command Z function, which I thought was like pretty cool. High five to them. How far does this go? Like you, like I follow somebody on Mastodon, you know, can I go, Oh, command Z undo that. You know, like, do you think that would do what you think? Or, you know, I think like a, like shake to undo. I do that on iPhone all, every time I get like anytime. Mm-hmm. I, I only do it when it doesn't work. That's always oh, pisses yeah. me off. You know, I'm pretty good at fine. Yeah, like I, I just always try it. I'm like, does this work? Like I'm just yeah. gonna shake my phone angrily, like a seventy year old man, and see if it uh, undoes something. But it, it sometimes it does, and and it does the right thing. I, I'd be curious, like yeah, shake to unfollow or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm getting like, you know go to somebody's profile and shake it and then then it just yeah. sends them a buzz in their pocket <laughs> like uh-huh. yeah. well, it reminds me i used some analytics software one time that had the like that would specifically alert you to sessions where they did something obviously kind of angrily or frustratedly like if mm-hmm. they, ra- they i think they called it rage click or something like if you mm-hmm. click like 12 times it'd be like well you should look at that user because they're pissed at you yeah for some reason I thought that was clever uh, Sam also mentions uh, no new passwords. There wasn't a lot of people t- that talked about like pass keys or anything like that, but w- I think a lot of us would freaking love that because they are nice. Now that pass keys is out and I'm starting to see it like, hey, do you want to use a pass key? I see that more and more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before that flips. That would be really it's cool. Better. Um, yeah, sure would. I could see some spring cleaning in in the next couple of years of, of apps. Like, I think we'll just do that as a little sprint. 
you know, yeah. reducing login friction is good for stuff like churn and, you know, signups and stuff like that. It's like just kind of a free way to, to turn the numbers up a little bit mm-hmm. on your app. And I could see people doing that. Uh, 12 predictions in Sam's post. We'll link to that. Of course. Um, there's some, there's some technology picks in there too. Um, those are a little more straightforward. I kind of think, but those are fun to think about, isn't it? Like, yeah, like there's a, you know, I hate to, these are just predictions. So they're just predictions, but I'm going to tell you, React's not going to be the king in 12 years. Like, yeah. it's already starting to fade from social graces a little bit. It, in 12 years, it definitely won't be. And to pick what will be now, I think, is also foolhardy. You're like, you don't. I mean, if you can, you're, like, rich. But, uh, you'll be, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, yeah, he has felt won't become the new React. Won't become... Uh, and it's going to be better that way in the, in the sense, like, like Svelte can do its own thing. Cause you know, if, I don't know if react does like diminish, then like the pressure to like be a react clone goes down, you know? So you can be your own thing at some point. So yeah, Dino is going to replace node that I like that. that I like that. Cause it's very bullish. It's very like, it's a line in the sand. I can respond to it. Yeah. So, Dino's yeah. doing some cool eh, stuff. We'll but see. I'm curious. So. I do like thinking about the runtimes thing. I mean, it makes me think about like, so Mozilla's doomed, right? Like they're that's I feel like the writing's been on the wall for a long time. They are they already exist upon the teat of other companies that or whatever. A, did you read the blog post this last week? Um, what did it say that that's not uh, true? Or? We're in trouble. No, it just basically said like Hey, it's really hard to keep up with other browsers. Like I forget who had made that sentiment on Twitter, but it was like a just the idea that like the cost of building a new browser is so high because there's so many features and Chrome right. is shipping so many things into production. Like it is so incredibly expensive to be a competitor browser. And so, well, it also is when every business choice you make is like we're going to get into the fediverse how can we form a team around that or should you have taken that money time and effort to compete in this race with browser mm. you know, I, I don't know like not that i know the right answer business wise but like they took browser people and they fired them so like you can't just do that and then in the next minute say like it's hard to make browsers you're like well you you need the people that make browsers to make browsers so yeah do you think, uh, Chris? You, uh, maybe somebody already mentioned this, but do you think do you think we have Firefox in twelve years? No, no. Yeah, no I bet way. it's a Chrome thing. I bet it's a Chrome. Yeah, but Apple won't give up either. They're too bullish, so it'll be it'll be Google versus Apple for a long time. But the, what could be nice though is if runtimes didn't stop. There stopped being so many runtimes, and that some somebody just kind of won, and it looks like you know how whatever, like Cloudflare Workers is V8. V8 is just part of an open source thing. I think I kind of prefer that. Like, can we evolve one good runtime and put that runtime lots of places? Mm -hmm. That would be cool city. I think just because it's, I don't know. I don't don't like thinking about, oh, what's the difference between Deno and Node? Oh, I see. It's, you know, imports are slightly different or whatever. Right, right. I don't I don't want to think about that. I want to be like the master runtime is everywhere and I use it. That was a good post. Uh, definitely go check out Sam's post. Um Justin Peacock 
he came full circle, asked chat GPT <laughs> what's uh what's yeah. gonna happen in twelve years. And chat GPT uh did its chat GPT thing. We're not gonna read the pretty, whole thing, but um pretty uh pretty pretty positive, I'd say. It's a, if it was a chipper chat GPT that day. I think it's funny because I was so nervous that this was like low effort podcasting to have everybody else do the work and justin's like i will also do <laughs> i will i will match your low effort yeah. <laughs> race you one no. uh the uh first one of course is advanced ai integration of course the ai is gonna have you start thinking about sure. advanced ai integration you know um it thinks websites will be more personalized yeah through ai is that right like why is hmm, yeah maybe uh, what do we get? We got some, uh, ultra fast loading space. Yeah, that was my favorite. Only because I'm imagining it being trained on like blog posts on like sprint.com and T-Mobile and stuff saying like, yeah, 5G is here. 6G is coming. It will be so fast. It's like a Lamborghini of, of networks. Ah, you know, like there's just lots of text out there talking about how fast networks are and probably a lot less text be like looking at data and showing how slow crap actually is. So, of course, a LLM is going to be like, yeah, the future is fast, buddy. Right, right. How oh, much crap it reads like that. I mean, that's that's reductive. So, still. Right. But, of well, course, it thinks it's going to be fast. It's not telling you nothing on this list is telling you how much worse the web is going to be. It's kind of like uh, funny how like you just say blazing fast enough and then the AI is going to be like, yeah, well, yeah. Bla- blazing, blazing fast, fast ultra that's fast it. even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of positivity, or at least I saw several things in our grand list about about how accessibility will be kind of like solved. I'm like, there's no, no evidence of that. Not that I want that to be true. I know for sure you don't. Like you're very, you're more dedicated to it than I've ever seen you. There's, it just doesn't seem like you know why would an LLM think that. Accessibility is just going to be better all of a sudden. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's just that would be cool. It's kind of the idea. I mean, like you just it has you know there has to be a move towards it, you know. And and maybe there's an idea of like I'm not saying the LLM thought of this. It just auto completed its way to victory. But um, there, there's maybe an argument like browsers or something could maybe start fixing websites for you. You know, given enough power i don't think that's good or happens and like overlays are bad but like i think in we're looking in the 12 year time span that could be true i don't know but that would be hard to to surmise you know i would hope so i would hope so in 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 the same way that a large language model can look at tons and tons and tons of text and then and then output stuff that is useful for sure yeah it could it could learn from lots and lots and lots of websites and what people do on those websites and then help people that need help use them. Yeah. They're like, oh, I see this label isn't, this input isn't labeled, but I I just know what it is because I'm trained on every website in the world. So I'm going to help you do it, even though the developer dorked it up. I, I think like, yeah, like, like I, I feel like if you could just be like, hey, browser, I'm red, green, colorblind. Can you just fix it? Like any site I go to, can you fix it for me? And it could go, oh, yeah, let me, I'll figure that out, you know? Like, that would be cool. But I don't know if it's going to happen. The last one on Justin's list uh, was uh, blockchain integration. Chris, tell me uh, you're a large language model trained on 2022 data. 
without telling me you're a large language model. I'm just trained get on so toy. angry at stuff <laughs> yeah. like this. Lee. It's like what what is what is it then? Show me one use case. That's my, that's that's always been my talking point. I think I've mentioned on this show. Like I just want to see it. I'm not a dummy. Mm-hmm. Show me a use case where a blockchain integrated website is better than one that isn't or something. Like just a, a use case that some dummy like me can understand. And and then and then I'm looking at that and then be like, see, I'm I, I'm holding I'm holding both those two websites in my hand. I can see how the other one's better. International crime, Chris. Uh, Show me. I, yeah, crime <laughs> is way better. Yeah, doing it's crimes, crimes that you don't get in trouble doing. <laughs> Simple. Why? Why did no one think of this? This is an innovation. Yeah, idiots, yeah. dummies. All right. Goodbye, Chat GPT. We'll ask. We'll ask more. More language models. You know, I use Bard more just because I. Uh, I'm always logged into the Google machine. So like I just I, I like tend to go to websites where I know I'm gonna be logged in. Where if I go mm-hmm. to OpenAI, I don't use it enough that your session's good. It'll probably yeah. I'll probably have to be able to log in and and then I'll have to re-navigate to where I'm gonna go. I'll probably have to use the little drop down menu to pick GTP four instead. I'm like, whatever. Bard just is sitting there and it works. Yeah, I don't really use it at all. I don't know. I could probably start using it. You know, I used Notions AI a few times, but Notions AI is now and Annoying me enough, I installed Obsidian, like uh, considering a jump. But sorry, Notion, thank you for sponsoring the show. But they like, I just like it, it was the annoyance. It was just like, dude, I, I don't, I, I just sort of need to write this. I don't need to like have things suggested at me. You know, and that was kind of frustration I was experiencing. But um, tell me about it. But yeah, I don't, I don't use AI that much. I'm there was that little device, the Rabbit. Uh, R1 or something that people are talking about. Teenage Engineering mm. designed it. MK, MKBHD reviewed it. Did they design it? Oh, they do do amazing, amazing designs. Yeah, it was funny because everybody bought it and they don't. Nobody even really knows what it does yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. And to me, it, I, it was interesting because it looked like a Pokedex. You know, like a like in Pokemon. Like, what Pokemon is this? That's our what a Pikachu. It has lightning attacks. You know, and that would be cool. That would that would be cool if I was that curious, Chris. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, what's that in my yard? Beep boop beep. It's a squirrel. Oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> like, you know, it's like that's a North American gray squirrel. Is it looking? Does it have a camera on it? It has a little camage, yeah. So, so it can do like an image recognition. I like that. Uh, even better would be like I'm watching and you're not. Mm-hmm. You're like, ooh, or like, or if, if all of a sudden, I wouldn't even be mad if a computer was like, Dave, dude, there's a fox in your yard. You know, go look. You know, see, that oh, would thanks. be cool. That, like, that would be cool. Like, if, cause I, you know, whatever, got cameras or whatever pointed at my house or yard, you know, like, or like, if, it, if like my security camera would be like, hey, dude, watch this video of these raccoons getting into your trash cans that this is cool it's kind of cool you know like wouldn't that be cool that would be cool let me have that future like anyway right and then but but more even more contextual too like you know hey dave most people don't like raccoons in their garbage so here's five known strategies for you know like and yeah here's a link to a, a strap that you can put over the top of your garbage cans to make sure it doesn't fall over you know? wouldn't that be cool yeah, yeah. That be, maybe that was I part mean, of it because wasn't the rabbit thing supposed to be able to like use bots or something too or yeah so it would be like hey rabbit uh, get me an uber to the airport or something like that 
and it would go hit Uber's APIs, bill you and come back, you know, and say mm-hmm. it's on its way. So you didn't have to open up Uber. You didn't have to do that. You just like, you didn't have to go through the UI manually. They have a large application action model. So I noticed nobody's like advocating for, for AI specific APIs, you know, like design your API such that an, that an AI would be easy, you know, it will be easy to use, you know, if anything, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I think people don't want to do that. You know, they want the API, to, the AI to just use whatever you'd build for anything else, because that yeah. certainly would be more convenient. But yeah, it might be the time to start advocating for like, can an API, can an AI not use my API, please? Is there a you know that robots.txt kind of thing? Is there a right? Is there a robots.txt for don't touch my AI, my API, please? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's like if you want to be a I think it would be cool to, you know, but like it has Uber, but like, can I like, can I get Lyft, you know, like, cause I like Lyft. I don't like Uber, the company, you know, like, how do I do that? You know, or how does that work? I don't know. So. Mm. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Jam. That's jam.dev. Awesome URL. Go to jam.dev slash shop. It's a really clever bug reporting tool, and it's for internally on Teams. It's like imagine you're in Slack with a fellow developer, and they send you a thing like, oh, on the item page, that's like broken or something. You get some, and I'm super guilty of sending this to people I work with. Just thinking in my head, like, oh, well, just go to the item page and look then. You'll see the error, too, if you're on my branch or you've pulled master or whatever. But maybe they don't see it. You know, like that's not enough information. Like what if it was effortless to still be that lazy, (laughs) but also give that other developer all the information they could need to make sure that they can reproduce that bug? Because it's just as easy as taking a screenshot. Like if you see the bug and it's visual in some way, which is that's my job in the world, you drag a screenshot over it in the browser, and then you can optionally annotate it, like point at it or write something if you need to or whatever, but you don't even have to do that. But by virtue of you having done it in the browser, you get all this additional information, like all the console output is there. So if there's an error in the console, which is highly likely in a JavaScript application, they'll see that without you having to like, remember to screenshot that or copy and paste it or whatever. And the network requests and all the information about the browser that you're in at the moment and version and on what operating system and device and all that stuff. Reproduction steps, you can add comments to it too, but you don't have, you know, what you have to do is just take a screenshot quick and be like, this is a bug. Effortlessly small, what a clever product. And then that becomes the bug report. So check it all out at jam.dev slash shop. I love it. Okay, Hector here. <clears throat> responded on Mastodon to our to our plea for for the future. Real short one: HTML and CSS. Gold star, Hector. Don't doubt it. Actually, it's it hasn't changed in a very very long time. That there doesn't seem to be technologies that are really threatening it at the moment. Definitely not a styling language that's trying to give CSS a run for its money. Not even close. Um, so I just, I just don't doubt that it'll be around in some characteristic. Now, if a lot of stuff changes, it can, it can still come along for the ride. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't, I don't see it being like, oh, that, that technology was specific to even, you know, I mean, screens. Yeah, but sure. I guess if screens went away, it would be less useful. 
But yeah. it's kind of for designing what stuff looks like. Probably going to stick around. You know, it's funny is, um, you know, I think about like 12 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. The state of CSS was pretty bad. Like there was some WebKit animations going on. Those were fun. Uh, but they were WebKit only. Uh, there was uh, some... You know, we were all struggling how to figure out, figuring out how responsive design worked. You know, that was kind of what's going on. But like, yeah, if you like 12 years ago, CSS and this year's CSS are radically different, man. Like stuff's dropping in the browser every year through interop work. Um, You're not waiting around 17 years for features now. Like things are happening super fast or like i guess coordinated would be the right term so uh big difference in css in the last 12 years so if we continue that momentum and and keep going forward you know um yeah like it's clearly capable of of change i guess like 12 years ago was like css3 i guess so maybe it was kind of a hot one 12 years ago but then there's a big dearth in between but Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just I, I I do actually think so though. I mean, it feels weird to be like, oh, those are antiquated languages, but they're like they're not really. Yeah, I, I hope HTML picks up as fast as <laughs> CSS did. This. Yeah, that's tricky. It's I mean, we I do like the the idea that it's it's the slowest to move like on purpose, but that doesn't mean never move. You know, mm-hmm. it's so funny when it does. It's such like big news. You know, like HTML gets a search element. It's like the chillest change ever it's just like a a div that has a role on it essentially you can add name attribute to details and now it's an accordion you know it's like what (laughs) (laughs) and then the blog posts are like that's a bad pattern though actually that's awful don't disagree html has failed yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, which to be fair maybe yeah. Well, have we even mentioned the 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 VR AR thing yet? I don't think we have. We haven't. Um, we got a few people who wrote in about uh, augmented it reality. Just so happens that it's the news of the day as well um, because of the the Apple device dropping. Apple has a way of stealing news cycles like that, don't they? They're certainly not first to market with any of this stuff, but now they are very expensive devices dropping now. Will it even be around in twelve years? I mean, today's news Ooh. is usually not. Uh, a good is particularly suitable for thinking that far ahead, but it does, it feels futuristic. Yeah. I mean, you know, as somebody who wears glasses on my face every freaking day, mm. sure. Give me something that kind of spices that up give me a health meter <laughs> so I can see, see uh, how many hearts I have left in the day. You know, uh, yeah. that's what I want. Like turn my life into a video game. Um, I feel like the, also the, <laughs> Part of me feels like such a dork wearing it, but we just went through a couple of years where we changed the social norms of like what's okay to be on your face. I mean, it became absolutely required to be wearing a mask for a while to slow down the spread of the god darn pandemic. That was weird for a while and then became very not weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just expected and normal. And there is maybe possibly a world in which wearing a dumb thing on your face is normal well have you seen teenagers lately chris have you seen teenagers <laughs> I, I haven't not a lot of teens in my they life all wear headphones they're all just walking around headphones all the time restaurants 
uh, yeah. parks, school, and, and they got big bulky headphones on. What are the social norms though? Because they don't fly airplanes, for example. Like I always feel bad for stewardesses when they got to come by and like wave at you for you to remove your headphones, and then you talk. Right. When I was a kid, I would wear headphones, but it was like you know two little sticks with like <laughs> like. Uh, sharp speakers on the end, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, covered in foam. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, it wasn't like this isolated world, but then like you, you know, but these kids just wear them all the time. Like oh, I would have to take them off to talk to people, you know, but, uh, kids just wear them all the time. But anyway, it's, uh, it's really interesting to me just how that it is it, just normal for them. And I'm like, if I saw adults wearing headphones this much, I would be like, what's what's going on with you? Are you into podcasts? What's going on? Yeah, so. yeah. You wonder where the value is. That's the question everybody is asking, right? Is this going to change everything? Because there's some extreme amount of value that it delivers. Mm-hmm. Could happen, you know? We just don't know yet. You know, is gaming actually going to do it? I don't know. It doesn't seem to have done it so far in a, in a mat, but, but still you can imagine that that entertainment of some kind is a major reason to wear this thing. Mm-hmm. Is it because it, you know, turns us your small physical space into feeling like it's much larger because of, you know, the trickery it's doing with your eyes. Does it make you more productive in some way? Does it f- feel more connected to other human beings in some way that's important to you? It's just yet to be proven. Mm-hmm. So but we'll have to know. But the web could be a big part of it. I mean, we're asking, we're asking, I, did we specifically say the web? I, maybe it was just implied because of the show. But well, maybe. Yeah. Not to connect it too much to the news of the day, but here I go again. We've seen there was a little news cycle about companies kind of refusing to build apps specifically for it for the launch. Clearly meaning like we just can't prioritize this right now. You know, like I'm not gonna build an app for your for the thirty people. rich people yeah. that buy this yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, an Apple feeling kind of salty about it or whatever. But it, it kind of to, to me it makes the web feel more valuable in a weird sense, in in kind of a I don't want to build an app just for this. That's kind of the point of the web is that we've that's always resisted that. It's like you should build on the web and other things should support websites. And if you're going to do anything, offer like specific APIs to that thing that you help bring to the web or something like, I don't want to build an app just for this. I want to build a website. Mm-hmm. And the website should work great in it. I guess we should read what people actually had to say. Yeah, so we we got some questions or some responses, uh, and we're actually going to you go step into the future and have a, yeah. an AI read it uh, here, uh, just just so like we aren't like you don't get tired of our voices. But uh, anyway, uh, so that's going to be our our wonderful editor Chris ends making that happen. But um, Chris Silverman, very talented artist over on Mastodon, wrote in and said. I'm wondering if spatial design will be more of a thing. I don't mean 3D or VR, since I think the virtual rooms thing is a gimmick more than anything else. I'm imagining designs where elements could be pulled off a page and moved into the surrounding space. Like a web page, except it's a collection of objects that could be detached and examined and browsed individually. The iPhone played a major role in responsive design. Maybe the vision does something similar for spatial. I'm on board with Chris. I th- I think there's something there. I, I think that's very astute. I, like in AR, space is free, right? I guess you have like space in, but like for me to add more monitors, it costs money. You know, for me to add more uh, whatever real estate, phone real estate to my phone costs money. 
a big amounts of money, not with a like virtual computer. You know what I mean? Like uh, like a fully AR immersive computing environment. Like hmm. I can put a, a monitor anywhere in my room. You know that it's very interesting. So like how you visualize something doesn't have to be like a tree view of a GitHub repo. It could be like you know, a fully exploded look at your code base and you like walk through and touch the file you want to work on, you know? So like there are some obvious advantages to that. That is cool. You know, there's not a big sheet of glass in your room that you have to mount and take care of and wipe down. And, you know, it's just on your face. It's a, it's still a piece of glass, just a little if smaller. You sneeze, it's just going right into your room. It's not going yeah. on your monitor. It's going right. <laughs> that's a, that's a, it's a, in the buck, in the you know, in, on the list of advantages for sure. What I like about Chris's idea here is that that I would I, I think of e-commerce for sure. That like I'm not going to buy something based on your blurry JPEG of <laughs> or whatever. Like I want to see a 3D model of it. Like just there'll be some way to to take a real object that exists and scan it in quick and send it over to me through the web. Mm-hmm. Now I have the model and I'm looking at your object in great detail. I'm about to buy an audio interface. I can see the ports on the back. I can feel what it weighs, see what the color is exactly, that kind of of thing. And and I I can imagine a future in which they look back at our time and be like, you just bought stuff? You just like, how did you buy stuff? You you didn't even look at it before you you bought it? it online and then you like returned it because it didn't fit? (laughs) Weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, on the same AI or sorry, AR uh, line, Andrew from the Discord writes in. My first thought is that for sure there will be at least one new device renaissance akin to the iPhone. And I guess VRAR must be it maybe. And I think that alone will have so much impact on where and how the web is used and also developed. So my first insight is get good at 3Js now. Wrap your head around 3D basic scenes, objects, physics, dusts off 3js-journey.com. I think front end could definitely see that realm of UI become a commonplace we are all visually developing in. Yeah, so producing these models that exist in, in VR, AR, because it's, you know, you, yes, you can look at 2D stuff in there. I think that's maybe what the Apple Vision Pro is teaching us, though, is that 2D in 3D is still cool mm-hmm. while, while we await for more 3D. Well, I think that, that like, you know, as 3D, if 3D becomes cool, like, you know, there, there's people are going to start putting 3D on their websites and then you're going to look like all 2D. It's going to be like the, the color problem. You got your basic RGB color, you know, profile. You're not, you're not, P3 over here. Yeah. I think the same thing will be like 2D, 3D, maybe. So, do think that's going to be around to some degree. It would seem weird to me if in 12 years it just disappeared, wouldn't it? Like, that's, we had a weird little flirtation with, with VRAR and then we just dropped it. Like, no, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. I'm cool with dropping blockchain, but it seems more likely. Seems more likely we'll have headsets on of some sort. Got to be sure cool if they look just like the glasses you're wearing right now, though, wouldn't it? That would be better. Yeah, it would be cool if they just said, hey, people with glasses, maybe you can just have super glasses, not sunglasses, which I can't wear. 
uh, with my normal glasses. So, and, and we know that that cha- it just changes a lot because it's changing input modalities, and that's when the web changes the most, right? That like when tap came around or whatever, not having a mouse, not having a physical keyboard, that was a big deal for for the web. We had to think about that qu- quite a bit. And now if it changes again, because you still don't have those devices, but you are, you're like pinching things, you're like looking at things and blinking and stuff. Now we've changed input modalities again, and that will have an influence on the web, surely. Yeah. Yeah, the look and pinch stuff on the Apple demo video they put out was was kind of the most like, ooh, do I like that? How is that? Like, is is that's interesting because you don't have to pinch the actual thing. You can just pinch in your lap, and it's like, yeah, I I, I knew what you were looking at. So, so the way that people interact with their tech, there's a lot more talking already. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people of all ages and new adopters and old that talk to their phones. They talk their texts. They ask questions with their voice. They issue commands and that kind of thing. That is very likely to exist in all forms. You know, you do it at home, you do it on your phone, and you're probably likely to do it on your the thing on your head too. So that's from Jose. Yeah, yeah Jose over on Mastodon wrote in and said, more interactions with voice apparently. And I thought that was... Probably true. Like if we're heading Probably. into augmented computing. So it feels very natural if when it's a good job, you know, like there's uncanny valley stuff involved. When it does a bad job, it, I feel like it makes people just hate it. You know, you're like, that's not what I meant at all. Why aren't you understanding? I never want to use this thing again. But if, but when it works really flawlessly and you don't even have to think about it, you don't have to activate it potentially you can see that world being very natural that's a it's a like sci-fi thing you know space spacemen walking around a spaceship just effortlessly interacting with the ship's intelligence you know right i guess yeah well, well, the goal is to get there in the idea of new tech we have a bunch of like entries uh and i we could probably just rapid fire through them does that sound good and we like just tell me when to stop or but we'll please please yeah okay we got ian tyndale writes in html5 will be thrown out because it is now purely the tool of app capitalism css will rot in complexity that no one person understands there'll be no javascript nobody trusts it or likes it anymore Everything will be HyperFlash ML7 only based on SVG2 plus XHTML2, but don't look it up. It doesn't exist. I just made it up for the purposes of this post. I think Ian's got a negative outlook on the line. But, you know, I, I, you know, I think the idea that the it's complex and no one trusts it, maybe that's uh, has, has some legs. So <laughs> That's funny. It would be like the most out there stuff that we didn't really get is like maybe there is a literal new technology that renders interactive experiences that we use. Nobody really wanted to say that. Mm, yeah. It's, I, f- I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's, there's little baby pushes towards it with stuff like Flutter or whatever that wrote to Canvas and stuff. There was in, in that had its own new syntax. Of, of how things work that was not really based on HTML or CSS. So uh, it could happen. I've been um, looking at like working on this like C++ UI library. Like I, I'm trying to fix something for some people, mm-hmm. um, fix some accessibility bugs. I want to apologize to HTML, CSS, and JavaScript because <laughs> it is it's way better 
this stuff is a mess, dude. That world is way bad. They're just hard. Like, no, they're they're doing backflips to try to get cross environment rendering, and like the web has solved it. So anyway, think about that. Um, mm-hmm. Gaz Shaw writes in servers on hoverboards. That seems obvious. I mean, yeah, it's, ooh, <laughs> duh. Yeah, duh. Mayonk. I'm gonna go with Mayonk. We know you. We love you. Yeah, great I'm writer. That's a wonderful writing post this year. Mayonk writes in. PWAs might be more common. iOS will allow other browser engines. React will still be around, maybe with web component support finally. And this list on htmlhell.com will hopefully be shorter. PWAs, maybe. That's I, I, what I like about that is a broadening of build once, run everywhere, mm-hmm. which I'm not talking about these apps that are like build a website and then we'll compile it to native apps thus that it runs on Android and iOS quote unquote natively and stuff. There are some, you know, people did some great effort there and I, I like that those things exist, but I mean, build once as a website, run everywhere as a website. Two situations. My daughter has an alarm clock from China. It is a, I have to, had to install an app to make the alarm clock work, you know, like, yikes like uh, this stinks and so she if she wants to turn the alarm on and off i have to use the app to turn the alarm on and off for the next day it's silly it should just be a qr code that links to a website that whatever bluetooth to the thing it's way over the top i have another one like a plug-in to like uh, my my i have a plug like an automatic you know home uh, apple home plug yeah that has an app i had to install I just, please stop. Just give me, <laughs> like, make it a website. Anyway, that's my ranch there. It is. A, there is a lot of that, isn't it? I got a, my Xbox recently. You can, the first thing you have to do is install an app on your phone. To use an Xbox. Mm-hmm. There's also a computer that is in your house. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, um, iOS will allow other browser engines. That's hot in the news right now, but it's it's appropriate that we're on a year's timeline because people have been asking for it for years and years. If you didn't know this, I always say that because it is, I do find it amazing sometimes that people don't realize that whatever browser it looks like you're using on iOS, it's really just Safari, whether it's an in-app browser or Chrome or Firefox or whatever. It's really just Safari under the hood. People don't like that. They think it fosters innovation and stuff. I don't necessarily disagree. I also think it's going to be awfully hard. Apple's never really quite said why. They just don't say stuff like that. They just are the law, and that's the way it is. Uh, but we've seen them, you know, kick their feet screaming, doing other things. We're, we're right now, I'm doing a bad job of not connecting the current news to a very far out uh, predictions, but they are, they're allowing or being forced to allow kind of the side loading of apps in the EU and saying, yeah, but if you do it, you need to do your own accounting. You need to continue to give us exactly the same amount of money that people signing up that way that, that, that would have through the iOS store anyway. Uh, and and potentially we can still deny the ability to sideload that app. It still has to be like reviewed. It's like that's the most kicking and screaming way to possibly allow that kind of thing. I imagine that level of kicking and screaming would be similar should they be forced to allow other browser engines onto iOS. They'd make it so painful to do that companies would re- question even doing it at all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's going to, uh, I'm sure it'll work out the way people want it to, but it, it could also be uh careful what you wish for. Cause I mean, that might, it might kill Safari. I don't know. I mean, who knows? So, so it's very interesting world. So, uh, to see what happens. So yeah. Yeah. But, it, but you might get a Firefox out of it. So who knows, who knows what the future holds. So, <laughs> uh, Sue writes in maybe my favorite one. Frantically fixing Y2K38. Uh, I don't know, Chris. Because it'll be 2036, right? So it's, it'll be two years away, the apocalypse. And I'm going to try to retire by 2038 now that she's reminded me. In 2038, uh, some computers are going to run out of numbers to re- reflect Unicode time. So the apocalypse is upon us. Uh, you will have to... Uh, that they they won't tell time right, and that's a bad thing for a computer. <laughs> so, uh, oh my God, it is a time computing problem that leaves some computer systems unable to represent times after three fourteen oh seven UTC on nineteen January twenty thirty eight. So, yeah, we don't really know what's going to happen. Just like Y two K, nobody was quite sure what's going to happen. You know, our our bank's going to shut down, whatever. And then that date, uh, if you are too young to remember that. Uh, famously came and went without any real problems at all. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the the Unicode, like the binary string for like a zero one 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 for like a date timestamp, will be bigger than the current time, or than it would fit into the thirty two digits. So oh, we are so dumb as computer people, aren't we? Just why just naive, what? man? You're like, how many <laughs> how many letters in a last name? Six. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> R-U-P-E-R-T. Yeah, I nailed it. One shot. C-O-Y-I-E-R. God, dang, we got it. I even think about the new color stuff that we talked so much about this year. Remember with the new the new color space, whatever it is? P3? Yeah. P3? Why does that sound awkward to me now? Anyway, that's the deal. They're like, they're like, there's more colors. And you're like, well, that's great. How many more? Is it all of them now? They're like, no. Not all of them. It's like twenty percent more, and you're like, "But why stop there?" You know, like, what? What if they make more monitors, and the monitors are capable of even more color things? Like, why don't you just solve it all the way now? Mm-hmm. You know, like UUID did. They just solved it. You know, there's yeah. like there's more UUIDs than there are. You know, if you tried to fill the known universe with grains of sand or something, like, cool, solved problem. Yeah. We thought about this really hard and came up with a really big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where it's, yeah, it's like, what? Do I, it's got six more colors. You have to update your computer. So, yeah, very weird. What about, well, let's do Tyler's here. The line between web and native will be blurrier than ever. The dominant frameworks of the 2010s will occupy a jQuery-like place of high usage while seeming anachronistic. 3D elements will be more common as VR and AR devices become just prevalent enough in certain contexts. Environmental impact will be a key aspect of performance analysis tools instead of an external data point. Designers and developers will still be siloed more often than not because they're humans. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I can imagine that where we, you know, we look back on jQuery now and it's like nobody uses that yet. It has like 80, it's on like 80% of websites or something. Can't you see that happening with, you know, with with the react and friends of today and be like nobody uses that but 
it powers every website you use. Yeah, it's, or it's going to be in every admin tool is just littered with it. Just yeah. that's the and no one wants to reinvest to uh, modernize the admin tool. You know, that's yeah, I think so. I mean, Tyler Stick is from Cloud for for uh, big thinker. So obviously, like I would, I, I think these have some weight behind them. You know. I like the 3D elements thing. Agree with that. Environmental impact. I sure hope so. Um, you think about yeah. 2036, like there's like some big environment milestones, like 2030 is like a big one. Like, and we're already seeing it. Like, I don't know if you're following like. Because governments are cracking down and putting dates on stuff. Is that putting why? Dates on stuff. And then like, like 2035, I think is like the big, like 1.5 degree C jump is like expected. And so like, Stuff infrastructures will start uh, being go, crumbling, perhaps, and maybe that'll heat right. up the whole like got to be environmentally responsible. So, yeah, uh, who knows? So, um, very interesting. Indeed, it is. I Tyler agrees on the three D elements being just kind of common things to to grab and hold and play with and stuff. I I, I agree with that. I also think it it aligns with the. What, what makes the web bigger? You know, there's like this line that goes up that's like websites just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? And there's been reasons for that. It's been like we've shipped higher resolution images and JavaScript frameworks that come out that admittedly do much more, need mm -hmm. more JavaScript to do those things and thus pushes up bundle sizes and all that stuff. What's going to keep that line going up? We don't want it to keep going up, but historically it will go up. I think the the easiest to point to answer is just a lot more 3D stuff mm -hmm. happening. Obviously, a 3D model being heavier in size than a flat JPEG is or whatever. I'll rapid fire some of these here. Paul Armstrong agrees with Tyler. React has been moving into jQuery status. Uh, environmental impact will be a factor as uh, finally shift to third-party services, hosting spaces. Uh, um, hope is a worldwide government-regulated requirement. That would be Great, uh, well-informed and backed by science, of course. Uh, Jack comes in with uh, more languages compiled to WASM and more languages begin to work on the web. That would be cool to see. Uh, increasing regulation uh, makes traditional app stores less profitable. Uh, I think we're seeing that kind of right now play out. And native app platforms, app platforms have budgets and teams reduced by execs to focus on more profitable ventures. Ooh, that's interesting. That's a hot twist. I like that. Like you see the change and then you like... Uh, see the twist that happens after that? Uh, yeah. Uh, that'll be a boom for Wasm because now that people are back to not making app stores, they'll uh, make uh, more binaries and put them on the web. Uh, and then accessibility advocates beg industry just to use HTML, CSS, and JS because Wasm web apps are way worse for accessibility. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> so again, you saw the conundrum the little in, twist yeah uh website app debate is settled uh by does it use wasm or not interesting yeah oh, um, funny yeah maybe that does seem like like a like a big thing but wasm isn't isn't yet a threat to ui and interactions there's not much yeah html generator wasm you know but there could be Maybe in the future. So yeah, I mean, I can generate HTML on the back and return it, but it's not like replacing the rendering pipeline, you know. Right. Uh, 
So, but we'll see. I mean, it is very fast. And if it needed to produce canvas or something, either powered some other kind of interaction mechanism, maybe, but that doesn't seem super likely. Yeah. I just don't, I don't do systems languages that much to where I think of opportunities to use WASM. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not like, yes, it does. God, I got all this Python. I just wish I could use it on the web. So, I, I mean, it comes up and even even though we kind of do at CodePen, there's a lot of server level processing that happens. We tend to think of it abstractly, like maybe someday we'll just ball the whole thing up and then can deliver it, you know? But that's mm -hmm. about as deep as you, I think about it. I don't think of like, what is this little thing that I can, I can wasm right now? I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe that's short term thinking, but I do want to do it. Yeah. But I tend to think of it as like, we'll just do that at some point. <laughs> at, is it easier to build a Lambda that does it, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, ooh, maybe Wasm replaces Lambda. There, There's my prediction. Yeah. And, and even then, it's like we do so much stuff with like Go, for example, which is compiled and you can, it can turns itself into a little executable. Like, isn't that kind of already the benefit of Wasm? Like yeah. other languages that deliver... Basically, couldn't do. I, in the early days of Wasm, what we mostly thought of is like, oh, now I don't have to rewrite this code in a in a language that web technology can can use. Like, a, it's just it's a stopgap rather than a anything more than that. But it's clearly changed vibes. I know, like Photoshop getting like rewritten in web components on the web was was only because Wasm exists so that's like a huge I had like one. wiped my laptop and i like didn't bother to install it on a particular laptop because i'm like yeah it's just too much like i don't need all of photoshop on this little thing but then i needed it you know i needed mm -hmm. to like edit mm -hmm. something that all of my many years of photoshop muscle memory could do easily in that software well guess where i did it on the flippin website because it really is just photoshop on the web it's absolutely amazing incredible what else we got wolf writes in my prediction the web will have a heavier focus on accessibility and be more inclusive for users with diverse abilities nlp integration will allow apps to be human focused well now we see where chat gtp got its got its thing it's reading your your toots wolf <laughs> you did this uh yeah maybe though i mean oh, there's an awful lot of people that work on the web right now going go and get old for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe when we leave, everyone can do cool stuff. So um <laughs> I just mean like I I feel like whatever, maybe this is reductive, but but the the very olds of today didn't grow up building websites, you know? They're like mm -hmm. they just use what got built for them. But now that there's this generation of people who have built for it, they'll be more mad at websites as they get old. They'll be like, Yeah, y'all need to fix this. Mm-hmm. And I know how to do it. I'm just old now, so you do it. Yeah. No, I, I'm. Hopefully, there's more focus on accessibility here. I, I would like to see that happen, um, rather than people just freaking. I don't know. Doing it bad. So that would be great. Um, speaking of doing it bad, Scott Smith writes in: Average JS bundles will near one gigabyte. One gigabyte. Wow. He could be right. You know, who knows. What, but but maybe I don't think he's not wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the JS might be questionable. Like maybe we just say average bundles. Like uh, maybe there'll be other stuff 
in that bundle that pushes it that high. I you know it sounds like I'm talking about the 3D model, but uh, maybe I am. But maybe it could be other stuff too. Maybe it's WASM stuff or mm-hmm. offline stuff or you know we now ship databases to people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're sending WASMs, it might get one gigabyte. And you know, I got I got I got Google Fiber, two gigabyte fiber coming into my neighborhood soon. So oh, I want it. Yeah. I still struggle with our crap. Change the world. Fiber me. Fiber me. Dan replying to Scott Smith says, I hope in 12 years uh, WebDev will have a reasonably good standard lib so you don't use a gig's worth of stuff um, coming over the wire. I'm not caught up on the episodes, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, standard lib is is cool. That means that you don't need to ship stuff because the browser already has it. That's one of my hopes, man. Like, if we could have a whatever... 20 custom elements that are there if you want them. That would be sweet. You know, they don't have to be all the way sold through HTML. They just have to be in the browser by default. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, there's there's navigation APIs that are starting to cook that that solve a kind of like, do you want a more SPA-like experience for good reason that they'll kind of help you do that. View transitions, obviously huge. So. right. So, like, what do you need to ship? You need to ship the stuff that's really, really, really bespoke for your business, like the data and the images and stuff. So that's that stuff's still going to be big. But yeah, you 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 can imagine a world in which you're shipping less code because the platform is so good. Um, Brad Frost did blog a thing recently about a like a worldwide design system thing. I think we're going to pull him on the, the the show to talk about it. But that would fall into the standard lib bucket too. A little different because I don't know that Brad's advocating that it gets baked into browsers, but maybe, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's web components, it has a better chance. So, <laughs> so there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember, oh, how did that work? There was some APIs that that were like, you could write an import statement in JavaScript. Mm-hmm. But where where do you get imports from? They're always from a file, right? Right. Right. Yeah. This was an import statement that, like, pull. It didn't pull from a file. It, it pulled from the browser. It was something like a local storage replacement or something that that was flagged in Chrome, and then eventually scrapped. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. kind of like a async version of it, or or a or like a KV store or something that was a little cleaner or something. It was just a trial run. But I remember the way that you used it in JavaScript is that you had to write like an ESM import at the top, and then the where you get it specifier was like from the browser it was like wow that's cool wouldn't that be cool just like from import from standard or std or sdk colon yeah my element or something like that or tab because it makes the ultimate you know the the website smaller in a way i mean it makes a little less sense in the web because like if it's an api and you're baking into the browser why can't you just use the api why do you have to import it which i think is a fair question but standard lib is just a way that a lot i mean there's a standard library node right we i use go all the time there's tons of standard lib stuff but that kind of makes sense to me because ultimately it turns into this executable and you're trying to keep the executable size small so you're not including every api under the sun you're including whatever you need it keeps things small yeah well you think of like like lodash or something like that like it's it's an awesome library uh, has all these like weird functions you probably want 
um, you know, group buy or something like that, you know, although that actually just came to array. So that's kind of a cool <laughs> new yeah. feature of array. Um, but like, um, you know, you have like these methods inside of there, left joins, joins all this stuff. And I, I the browser, like to, to import that because there's an HTTP request, there's a penalty, right. To go fetch this tiny little file. Wouldn't it be cool if these libraries with all these tiny little files were in the browser. And so you didn't have to go like fetch to get a tabs element. You just kind of had one in the standard lib and you can of course right. make your own, right? Like, but like you, we have a good set of standard elements and I don't know. This this clo- closely turns into put React in the browser, which maybe yeah I don't know, but like uh, which sure. React is the question, you know? So uh, React experimental canary that uh, Vercel is using, I don't think so. I don't know, you know. So, God, that's such a big question. I like I like the standard lib idea though. Maybe. I mean, when I read Brad's post, we'll have him on the show to talk about it. my brain. It ju- it. Just maybe it says more about me than you know. Makes me a pessimist and Brad an optimist or something. I'm like, oh, that's never gonna work, <laughs> you know. But like, and then I start thinking of reasons why. But it, like, it shouldn't. I shouldn't think that way. I think, I think the there's a there's a positive version of it. Well, if it helps the world, it helps the world. We should end though with um, Jay Hoffman did a good job, and he 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 did his own MP3 here. So we'll play that. I think there's a lot of interesting things happening right now. One of which is a uh, potential resurgence of the indie web, which could be really fascinating, especially considering that we're entering a period where, for the first time, there are people that are building the web that have never known a time without it. So it's brought some challenges, obviously, along with it, but it's also led to multiple generations who are able to seamlessly transition between their digital lives and their offline lives. They feel perfectly fine jumping between different online spaces, swiftly building communities and creating that ironic referential communication that's really familiar now for people that exist on the web. Social media sites, meanwhile, have shown that they really can't handle an endless scale of moderation. So we are witnessing this new generation that is not at all deterred by this, readily hopping from one online platform to another as apps either fail or become too large. All of which is to say, I think that the next 12 years, we're going to see a much different kind of website. The standard web publication format and sharing strategies that were prevalent for the last 12 years after the Web 2.0 era are really breaking down in this moment. So I think we should anticipate a web that is more fragmented, composed of smaller groups that kind of coexist harmoniously. Maybe we're using the same technologies or similar technologies to build those things, as we have been for many years but we're building a very, very different kind of website. Could be wrong, but that's kind of my two cents. Thanks, Jay, for all that. No, it's great. Jay uh, has that history of the web angle, you know, to where he can look mm-hmm. into the past and help see the future. So that's very useful. Yeah, I, I really like, I do think there is like some kind of law of communities that is probably well-established and it's just, I'm ignorant and don't know what to call it or who to who to credit but there's when they get too big, they get better. <laughs> and yeah, that there's like an yeah. ideal size of them, but that's like, it's it somehow needs to be part of it. You know, like it needs to start small. It needs to be healthy. It needs to grow and get healthier until it gets to this point where it's too big and then it breaks down. And that's kind of the circle of life of, of communities of all kinds and has proven to be true on the web as well. So are we yeah, doomed that, that, to that circle or can we like kind of hone in on the, the correct size yeah that 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 like uh 
consolidation, diaspora, consolidation, diaspora. Um, mm. You know, I mean, that goes like to ancient Egypt, ancient Israel, you know, ancient Rome. Like, like there's tons of precedents for like, this is just sort of what humans do. We, we consolidate and then we peel, you know? So right. I, I think we are heading into a stage of peel. Like if, if the world decided Shop Talk Show is the best podcast ever and a thousand people joined the Discord tomorrow, it just would be suckier in there. You know, like I want, I want whoever's listing this show now to be in there. We're not anywhere near that level and that's not going to happen. So I'm not trying to deter people from being in there, but when communities like 10 X, hundred X, thousand X like that, it just is worse. Like there's no version of that community that gets better when that happens. But I, I was reading a story recently where a company had grown and everyone in the company was just like, this isn't fun anymore. It has grown too much, you know, like mm-hmm. the CEO is happy because they're in a Lambo, but everyone else is like, this just isn't fun anymore. It's different. I remember what it was. It was about um, Mars Hill church in Seattle, like a big mega church thing. And it was yeah. just got, it got big enough that people were like, I don't like this and eventually collapsed, you know, cause like had this toxic masculinity edge to it and so like anyway it was just a really hmm. interesting story about communities explosive growth building up and then just collapsing and then so very interesting so if, the, if people become a lot aware of that though they'd be like i need two close friends five kind of close friends 12 acquaintances and 100 <laughs> people in my professional life. community yeah, that that we could build tech around that in a way, or that or that people might naturally. You know. uh, I had this good quote. Um, it's it's this thing called the optimal distinctiveness theory by Marilyn Brewer, and it's humans have two basic needs, right? One for inclusion and one for exclusion. Oh, so I thought it was string cheese and Coors Light. Well, yeah, so <laughs> Coors actually Bud Light is probably a great example. <laughs> They they went did the their trans campaign and you know it was that was for inclusion you know like let's build a broader tent for Bud Light and then whoa now the exclusion the people who are like I I I am not shall not be defined by that um, uh, showed up for for the exclusive edge and so it's very interesting just tribal psychology and stuff like that. Like, and I think Annie Hall said it uh, the best. I would never join a club that would accept me as a member. Um, you know, just That's Annie Hall. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. I attributed to this uh, just old, like, old white man, but of course an, a woman said it, who's probably smarter and he stole it. No, no, I'm sure it's not. Woody, Woody <laughs> what's his face? <laughs> the bad guy. Uh, Groucho Marx. Oh, maybe Groucho Marx. Did it? I don't know. Uh, I have it as Annie Hall, but that's who I think my wife says said it. But um, it's, it looks like it's a graduate Marx quote. I'm gonna say, eh, whatever. Scratch it. Fix the fix the record. Um, and then I guess Woody Allen used it in Annie Hall, perhaps. So uh, perhaps. Uh, I, I've always thought that one was funny, though. It feels feels like the perfect humbling quote. Yeah, uh, but but anyway, it's it's just interesting how this the ebb and flow of like building up and then going our, your own way because it, it just you can't be in the bar it can't be in the noisy bar for the rest of your life and then somebody will turn the bar, light, bar lights on and then you gotta go home you gotta, <laughs> you gotta leave and you don't want to be there when that happens because that's that moment yeah. 
is not the best one. So well, I like it. I, you know, I just like that Jade brought it very widely. And we're not, not talking about specific sites. We're talking about how human beings behave and interact with technology. And that's kind of the important thing. You know, te- actual technology choices will will follow those broader concepts. Yep. We've been in, in you know, decades of, of MySpace, Facebook, Twitter. Maybe that maybe we're done. Very interesting to think about. So, well, Chris, uh, unless you have anything else for the 600, I think it's time to wrap it up. Just a big thank you for everybody. That's an awful lot of awful lot of episodes. You know, over the over the years, we've thought about like, is this is this a stale format or anything? I, at least I've thought about that kind of thing. Like, what if we what if we started over? What if we branded it out a new show? Or are, is that throwing away kind of? a brand that you built up over time. And I think that's, I think that's where we've landed is I think that's throwing away too much and that perhaps we're not gaining a ton of new listeners because they look at a number like 600 and they go like, eh, I'm not part of that in group. Well, congratulations. If you're listening to the show, you are part of that in group. And fortunately, Dave and I don't bet the, haven't bet the farm on this. So we plan to, to continue doing it for our, for our in group because it's lots of fun and we appreciate each other and you and, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Thank you so much. I say it every week, but thank you for downloading this and your podcast your choice. It really does mean a lot to Chris and I, and, and we, we like doing this. It's fun. It's great. You know, um, make very little money right now doing it. So it's <laughs> very, very yeah. much for the fun, uh, funsies. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's very, very great having y'all around. So, um, Thank you. Thanks, our editor, Chris Enns. Thanks to our transcriber, Tina Pham. Uh, uh, we, we rely on y'all quite a bit, so thank you very much. And uh, thanks to everyone over in the Discord. You really floated us for the last year or so, so we really appreciate that. Um, uh, it's a, really the highlight of my week is hopping into there, you know, or day is hopping into there and see what, yeah. see what the scuttlebutt is. So, uh, <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you. And Chris, do you have anything else you'd like to say? ShopTalkShow.com And now a quick tour through the history of shop talk show starting with episode one. All right. Uh, Hello and welcome to the very first inaugural episode of Shop Talk, a podcast about uh, front-end web design development and UX uh, with your host, Dave Rupert, that's me, and Chris Coyer. Say hello. Chris. What's up, everybody? We each are uh, front-end web professionals, and we are excited to be here talking about front-end web design and all of its wonderful, high-dramatic fashions. <laughs> Good intro. Yeah, that's, you know... Is that good? Did High dramatic fashions. Yes, absolutely. We're here to we're here to talk shop, people. We're here to talk about the web and as as, as nuts and bolts as we can. And I just wanted to say, since it's our first episode, that I just couldn't be more stoked to be doing a podcast about. I've wanted to do one for a really long time, and now we're doing it. Episode one hundred. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Shop Talk Show, a podcast all about front-end web design, development, sound effects, all the things you love. I'm Dave Rupert and with me is Chris Coyer. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. And it seems like, so this 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 episode has some some weight. It's episode 100. That's One pretty good, right? Zero. There's yes. got to be a sound effect for that of some kind. Uh, Maybe just, yeah. That's pretty or good. Chris. Great job. 
Great job. Thanks. We don't have any big fireworks for you other than we made it. That's pretty cool. Episode 200. Hello, it is episode number 200 of Shop Talk Show. Oh, there's something about those nice round numbers, isn't it? Kind of a big deal. We just did episode 199, obviously, last week. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen. It's Dave and I reminiscing about the history of shop.co and all the awesome things that have happened with our, our, you know, the guests and just big important things. It was really fun to reminisce on the history, but lots of stuff has happened on the, on the, I remember episode number 100, you know, and because we do this only once a week, that's, I guess, like almost two years ago. It doesn't feel that long ago. We had lots of big ideas for that one, just like we had lots of big ideas for this one. Uh, and it didn't happen. We just ended up kind of doing a normal show and then doing a more special one at episode number one, two, three. So remember that. Episode 300. Hey, I'm It's nine in the morning here. And if I have some champagne, I'd be bringing it. I, had, I, I, I hate to admit that I just didn't have time to run to the liquor store this morning. Probably not open. But you know what? Dave can... <laughs> I can drink I'll drink for the both of us, Chris. Don't you Anyway, don't let that diminish from the fact that I'm very excited here. This is in a grand tradition of milestone moments here on Chop Talk Show. We're going to have a special show for 300. It's special in that. On and on, a podcast to remember. On and on, a podcast to remember. Yes. Yes. I feel good about it. It's also a grand tradition that we do something special, but not too special. <laughs> it's not like we invited like 30 of our friends to join us on a yacht while we're live recording or anything. I will be doing Paul Irish impressions. Uh, episode. <laughs> episode 400. Hey there, Shepard Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave. How works CSS4 and React? Rupert and <laughs> is Chris thinking face emoji. Uh, Coyer. Whoa, hey, Chris, how are you? Inside baseball there. That's great. If anybody got that joke, you get 100,000 points. The last two, maybe more plus episodes, we've just turned this show into like, we're just talking about browsers. We can't stop. We can't help ourselves. It's become the browser show. In fact, I think we named 399 the browser show, and now that's over, and it's episode 400. What? Oh, my God. What a milestone. Episode 500. Hey there, Shopper Maniacs. You're listening to episode 500 of the Shop Talk Show podcast, all about front-end web design and <coughs> love. And I'm Dave in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the office choir. Hey, Chris, how are you doing on this Fantastic, wonderful, celebratory day. <laughs> oh, I love the excitement, man. Oh. Hell yeah. Episode 500, it's a big deal. Half of a half of an M. Half, half a know? grand. We're, we, this a, is great. A G. Shoptalkshow.com.